Welcome to episode three of the Body Smart Fitness Podcast. Today, we're going to be asking the all-important question, what is the best diet? It's the Body Smart Fitness Podcast, episode number... Three. Three. Here we go. My name's Gemma Ray. Your name is... Jamie Moran. And we are from Body Smart Fitness. And today, I've got a really important question to ask you, but before you wince at me... I know this is the question that, what you know, when people say, if I had a pound for every time <laughs> yeah. I'm asked that question, I think you'd probably be a billionaire. Are mm-hmm. you ready? Drum yep. roll. <laughs> Jamie Moran from Body Smart Fitness. What's the best diet? Oh, God. You are right. <laughs> I have been asked that question hundreds, thousands of times and still get asked it because it is like the, the million dollar question. Unfortunately, there isn't one. <laughs> so first of all, take us mm. back. What is a diet? What does it actually mean? So a diet is the foods that we habitually eat, but a lot of people will see a diet as a way of losing weight. Yeah. When really the diet is just the foods that we habitually eat on a continual basis. Whether you're losing weight or not. Whether you're losing weight or not, you, everyone's on a diet. From the day you're born to the day you die, you're on a diet. But not necessarily to lose weight, gain weight. A lot of people won't even think about what they eat and what they put in the mouth. They'll turn to foods because, oh, that looks tasty or, oh, I fancy that or, oh, I like the taste of that and the flavour of that. But when it comes to finding a quote-unquote diet to lose weight, Mm -hmm. what's the best diet to lose weight? Then I'll change my question. Okay, so (laughs) the best diet to lose weight is going to be one that you can adhere to and stick to until you've achieved the desired amount of weight loss or fat loss. So you've got to look at like, hey, like how much weight do I need to lose? You know, how much weight can I realistically lose each week? And then how long is that going to take? And then can I adhere and stick to that diet, you know, for that length of time? But they're not normally the questions that people are asking. People are going, how can I lose 20 pounds in two days? (laughs) You know, and... uh, because that is true. That is what we want. Yeah. Everyone wants the right here, right now, the, yeah. the quick fix. And um, we'll take ridiculous things in order to make that happen instead of looking at it, you know, a little bit more realistic. Because if it was that easy, there wouldn't be, you know, an obesity epidemic in a, a lot of, the, you know, in our country, in America and lots of other places in the world, which there is. Uh, and it's a real, real problem. And it's it's very complicated. It really is. And, you know, there isn't there isn't necessarily a best diet to go on it it is really fine and what's going to work for you and like i said allow you to adhere to that diet and that process to allow you to see the results but i think um you know as we spoke on on the previous podcast the more important part and it's the part that a lot of people have never even thought about is what am i going to do after the diet so Mm -hmm. like if you've got 10 pounds to lose 20 pounds 50 pounds 100 200 300 pounds to lose you know it doesn't matter how much weight you've got to lose there's, a, there's going to come a point where you're no longer in a fat loss phase. You know, even if it takes you three months, six months, a year, five years, after that point, your weight loss journey, your fat loss journey ends. You are no longer on a diet. So what then? Mm. And if you've gone on this overly restrictive, um, you know, cookie cutter, like on plan, off plan mentality, or try to take shortcuts to get there, the, the data shows that the likelihood is that you will either not achieve the desired weight loss or fat loss, or you might be able to persevere through, but once you get there, it will be that difficult and that hard that you will immediately revert back to old habits and old behaviors and the weight will quickly come back on and then often some more as well. So you talk there about adherence and so sticking to it and there being an end date. We do that though, don't we? We, we often will say, I'm doing this for 20 years. I've done it myself. 
I'm yep. doing a 28-day <laughs> detox. Yeah. I'm doing a six-week shred. Mm. I'm doing a 12-week transformation. Do you remember when I did that for body power? I do, I do, I do, I do. you were my personal <laughs> trainer at that time. Yeah, yeah. But for me, and I can remember it, the 7th of May was the end date. And as soon as the 7th of mm. May was coming, that was going to be, yeah. that was it. All my that, problems were going to be solved. That comes down to your motivation. So you have extrins- extrinsic is that right? Yeah. right? And intrinsic motivation. So extrinsic is, oh, I want to look good for this holiday in six weeks, or I'm going to do this competition and be done in a set amount of days. So that's like an extrinsic motivation of like, you're doing it to look or be or feel a certain way by a certain date versus like an intrinsic motivation is that, hey, like I want to get to that place to look and feel and act and be the healthiest version of me. So you have to, your why for doing it has to be different. You know, mm-hmm. the the why of being in shape to go on holiday is like, I want to look good in the beach. I want to look good in my bikini or my shorts or whatever else is. So that's your why. And that can be the, you know, and there can be peer pressure and whatever else and photos and Instagram. And people care a lot about, deeply mm-hmm. care about all that stuff nowadays. You know, and then the intrinsic motivation, um, maybe that isn't as uh, as sexy as, as, the other, as the other part. It's, you know, it's being like, oh, I want to be the fittest, healthiest version of me. I want to, you know, be able to live a long and fit and healthy life and I want to feel good and and look good and you know we have energy I think that's a that's a huge one a lot of people like don't have energy mm. because of the the way that that they eat and so with that that intrinsic motivation I know that you ask a series well you ask the same question is it four times deep four five, ta- five, five times deep. five times deep <laughs> five times deep and I think this is so yeah. powerful and I would love you to share so we call it the the five whys so, you know, we might get a client and they say, hey, like I want to lose, you know, 30 pounds. And we go, well, why, why do you want to lose 30 pounds? That's number one. And they might say, I want to I want to look and, and feel better. And we're like, okay, why do you want to look and feel better? That's number two. And they'll be like, well, uh, my clothes don't fit me the way they used to. And uh, I used to feel a lot a lot better when they fit, fit, fitted me a lot better. I'm like, okay, so why is that important to you? Well... When, so the, normally there's a pause at this point because now people have never gone. This deep. This deep. Yeah. <laughs> and we're three wires deep now. So when people get to that point, you know, you, there's not often a pause and it, they can start to think of like, well, when I was 30 pounds lighter, my partner or my husband used to look at me differently or used to do something differently. Or I used to just not have all this negative self-talk when I look at myself in the mirror and there's a lot of reasons it's it's often unique to that person and that's you know so I'm just giving random examples here of things that I've heard over the years you know so we'll get to that point and then you know we can ask why again and it, it can get a little bit emotional you know for people at yeah. that point but it's in a it's an important one to it's an important question to ask because that first why it's important oh I just want to look and feel better it's very surface level, you know what I mean? You just kind of say that to everyone. No one often goes, oh, why are you trying to lose weight? And they're just like, well, I talk to myself like shit in the morning, you know, when I look yeah. at myself in the mirror or my husband doesn't give me the attention he, he used to. No, people don't openly say that because it's a very a vulnerable thing to say, but it, often it can be the reason why people want to change in the first place because things have changed and it's got to a point where it's so painful and it's like, hey, I need to take that action. But sometimes the person themselves doesn't actually realize why that is. They just know they need to change or want to change. But it's important to ask why and ask why five times around these things that you want to achieve so you can have something that's um, 
got a little bit more, what's the word here? Got a little bit more weight to it. Yeah. Yeah, got a little bit more. A bit more, more meat. You yeah, know, there's more, more meaning behind yeah, it. Yeah, because, you know, when you go on, when you try to achieve any goal, not just weight loss, there's going to be moments where it gets hard mm. and you're going to have to grit your teeth and push through. And if your why is surface level, it's just crap, ru- rubbish, you'll give up. Or the chances are it's more likely to give up. But if your why is a little bit more deep-rooted, you've got a deep reason why that you want to, mm. you know, like for, I can give you a couple here. Um, I've had clients that have had, parents have had health issues and they're like, and they, or they've died early. And they're like, I want to live a fit and healthy life because I want to be around for my kids. You know, they, they've got, so like that has become much more than like, oh, I just want to lose 20 pounds yeah. to look better. Yeah. They're like, I want to be around for my kids. You know what I mean? So like that's what they'll look at when those days get harder. It's mm-hmm. got more meat to it. It's got more weight to it. And again, these are just a couple of examples. Normally your why will be very unique to you. But if you can get a really deep intrinsic why of why you need to take action, um, you know, You'll look great on the beach, but you'll also look great all the time, and you'll feel great all the time because you've got a you've got a deeper reason why to keep taking action. Can you give me an example like you gave there of somebody's parents dying early, or mm-hmm. what other kind of whys are there? And can you why change? Because I think mine yeah. has. Definitely, there's lots of different reasons why. Um, like I said, there's you know, um, parent husband. For some people, it's the the job. You know, maybe they feel like they're not. Exceeding, exuding confidence. What's yeah, the good exude, word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. So they don't feel like they're standing, you know, with the standing up tall, with the shoulders back, and they feel like maybe they're getting overlooked in work, and it's affecting their confidence, and maybe they're not wearing clothes that they want to. And they feel, there's so many things that go people's go through people's minds, you know, and just by getting to a place where they're feeling more comfortable within themselves, not for anyone else, but within themselves, that just kind of like projects outwards and starts to have like a positive impact on 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 their lives. Um, mental health is a huge one. That's, mm. that's for me, I think we've spoke about this, you know, for everyone we might think for me, oh, I work out and exercise for my, for the phys- physicalities in terms of how I look. But my why is that I lose my marbles if I don't train <laughs> for a couple of days, you know what I mean? Yeah. So exercising for me, is is to keep me and you know keep me straight and narrow to help me show up the best I can. So that's you know that's my why. And that's why when I get to the point where it's like I'm, I'm tired, mm. I've worked out for a couple of days, I've done a sixteen hour day, you know I will make it a priority to go and to go and exercise or to go and stay on top, keep do things to stay on top of my health and fitness. Yeah, I know that when I first started this journey, my why was about my marriage and my mm-hmm. relationship with my husband because I felt like. Oh, I've had a kid. My body's changed. Mm-hmm. He doesn't look at me in the same way anymore. Blah, blah, blah. And then as I started to get results, I realised that he hadn't changed the way he thought about me at all. He still loved me exactly mm-hmm. the same. He still saw me exactly the same. It was how I felt in myself. So then my why changed again. And, you know, I've written books about self-discipline and stopping procrastinating. And that that became part of me and part of my values like living my truth so you guys make us write smart goals and I have it on my phone as my screensaver yep. and the M is for meaningful it's mm-hmm. for your why and my why right now is because I want to live my truth I don't want to be a fraud yep. I write about self-discipline and for me self-discipline is about keeping promises to yourself mm-hmm. so I keep my promises to track my food, to move my ass, to drink the water, to get mm-hmm. to bed early and do mm-hmm. the boring, sec- unsexy mm-hmm. shit stuff <laughs> yeah. that gets me results. Yeah. And it's amazing because as coaches, and this is what I wanted to lead on, you're able to then use that why to help motivate your clients, aren't you? 
it helps them take action because yeah. I think um, like lo- the process of losing weight for, in terms of the actions that you have to take is not complicated. It's relatively simple. Simple does not mean easy. And I always have to say that because when I say simple, people go like triggered. Like it's just like <laughs> really get into that. Like, what do you mean weight loss is simple? It, it is simple, but it, it can be very difficult. But the actions that you have to take are, you know, it is calories in versus calories out. You have to eat less and move more, but you have to find. And, you know, when we tell people like, yeah, we need to track your food, eat more voluminous meals, you know, get your steps up, get your movements up, exercise, regularly drink more water. People think, that's really simple. That's really easy. And because you feel like like it's that simple and easy, you put it off. Mm. Oh, if it was that, I'll just do it tomorrow. Or like, I don't need to do those things. Because of the simplicity of it, a lot of people think, oh, it needs to be, it needs to be more difficult than that. If it was just that simple, then why haven't I done it? Mm. So then when someone comes along on, you see an, an ad on Instagram or you see, you know, anything anywhere, it's like, oh, take these 18 crocodile pills a day. <laughs> and, uh, you know, <laughs> Do, do do burpees upside down on a handstand and, and, you know, sit in a hot room for 60 minutes a day. People are like, that's it. That must be the secret yeah. to weight loss because that seems more difficult. As this simpler option, it can't be that easy. Mm. You know what I mean? And it, it the, the, just because it's simple does not mean it's easy at all. Um, and I think that's, you know, you would like to think it was getting better, but it's actually getting worse. It's just new fads and new crazes popping up all the time. And we're always looking for that next thing, that instant thing. Now, this podcast is obviously about mm-hmm. what is the best diet. And we have moved on there to your why. But it is, it's important because the reality is we've all got to eat. We do. It's like I gave up alcohol a year ago. And there's a really good podcast. It's a BBC podcast called Hooked. And it's two girls. One is an alcoholic. One is a drug addict. And the two of them talk about their own addictions. And then there's one particular episode where they get this lady on who has a food addiction. She uses Mm -hmm. food to soothe. And the kind of conclusion of this podcast is the girl who's the alcoholic and the girl who's the drug addict talk at the end and say, oh my goodness, I've never thought of it like that. Because for me, being an alcoholic, it's quite easy to go okay I don't just drink anymore Mm -hmm. and for me as the drug addict I don't take drugs anymore but that person still has to eat in order to survive and live their life so it would be like the alcoholic said it would be like me still having to do three shots of vodka every day and the girl who's a drug addict said and me doing three lines of cocaine every day (laughs) yeah like it's it's for some people and I'm not I don't want to get into food addiction Mm -hmm. and this particular podcast that's for another day but we all still have to eat in order to survive. So food just becomes so intrinsic in who we are. We have so many stories wrapped up in food, don't we? We do, we do. And like for your clients, often it links back to childhood. There's, a, the, there's a lot that links back to childhood, a lot of habits, behaviours. Um, you know, like my mum used to be like, oh, if you're dead good, you know, we'll give you a treat. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Or, you know, my mum used to say, I don't know if this was a British thing, but like, Eat, finish all your food. There's kids in Africa who were starving. Yes. You know, that was a thing that got, yeah. got said. So, you, you know, there was there was a level. Of, in fact, my mum didn't say that. I think it was my nan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my mum actually tried to encourage sometimes if you if you're full, don't, 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 you know, don't eat all your food, but you still would. Uh, and there is a part of me that, that does that. There's one of my friends, Eddie, and I feel like, you know, if he gets like, he could have like two bites left on his plate and he'll just stop because he's full. Wow. Yeah, you know, like versus me, I'm just like... I, I've got, to, I've got to finish it. <laughs> I, I'm the same. I'm yeah. still struggling with that. And mm-hmm. so I've got a little boy. He's 10 years old. I've only got the one. And me and my husband come to blows a lot around mealtime because my husband is, you need to eat all that. 
eat, clear your plate. You're not having a dessert no. until you clear your plate. Whereas because I've been that kid who was told that kids were starving and you had mm-hmm. to eat all your dinner, I'm the person saying, no, if he's full, that's fine. He doesn't have to clear his plate because well, kids, I know... Kids are clever though, aren't they? Yeah, well... It's like, yeah. I'm not eating my vegetables because then I can have ice cream. You know? yeah. <laughs> I do, there, I there's, do. There's like, a, of yeah. course. No, yeah, I get it. it, is yeah. it listen, you're taking yeah. three more bites of broccoli before you get the Ben and Jerry's. There's a lot of that that goes yeah, yeah. on, but there's also a lot of, of whoa, hang on a minute. If he's yeah. full, he's full. No, Believe it. Definitely. And sometimes it will be, well, if you're full... No, you're not having anything yeah. else. And then if you come back to me in half an hour, I might let you have an apple mm-hmm. or a bit of yogurt. Yeah. But I've I've really wanted to undo and unpick that because I know that I still now, I will be 40 this year, mm-hmm. I still feel a sense of guilt when I scrape food and leftovers into yeah. the bin. It, yeah. it crushes me. I can't mm-hmm. stand it. I think a lot of this goes back to, you know, if I think about like my grandparents and then their parents, you know, food was scarce people mm. didn't have a lot of food people who were fat or overweight like the fat king who they were they were rich they were rich they mm. had a lot of money it was a very it was a privilege to be overweight in, in essence you know so um you know like my grandma used to if she she tells me she'd get a chicken and uh she'd use every part of that she'd use it for like a roast she'd use the bone she'd make a soup you know she'd do so many different things they'd like reuse tinfoil they used to hang tea bags out on the flipping <laughs> washing line to dry them out in the war no yeah like the, no. Oh, they were yeah they were poor you know they so That's like so you know for for them if how they've probably my grandparents have maybe spoke to her. my parents is eat all your food like don't be bloody daft yeah. you don't even know when you're going to get your next meal so you know yeah. th- there's there can be a lot of that's passed down through generations and it's only really if you look in the past maybe 60 years that food's just become so abundant maybe mm. a little bit longer than that uh, and and so cheap cheaply available and high palatable you know food is uh, like a, a, a science now where food they're making you know these high palatable foods that explode and fit flavor in your mouth and you feel like you just want to keep going back for more and more and more like oreos for me would probably be one yeah um, is that your thing oreos m&ms i think like doritos and that like cream oh. dip i just eat the whole bag <laughs> you know so for me i they are foods that I know are very highly palatable and I feel like I can't stop. So I have, I have to really manage my portions or I won't have it in the house or I'll just buy it when I go like to cinema or I'm out. Um, or I would say if there's, arts, there's certain foods that I want to eat that I feel like I don't want to go back afterwards, a little hack that I have is that I'll like have a bar of chocolate and say I wanted to go back for more. I normally would with that type of food. Um, I'll have a hot drink with it and the hot drink after eating like that bar of chocolate takes the taste out my mouth and my mm. gums and my teeth and um yeah i don't i don't have that desire like the desire that is like oh i want more you know is gone after. so let me get this right i need to i need to this is this sounds like a good thing i've got to try this so it's friday night Mm -hmm. it's movie night Mm -hmm. the popcorn's there yep the chocolate's there yep are you telling me that when i get to that point i'm like oh i can't really go and get another one i can have a hot drink and it's going to take away that craving possibly I just tend to bring the hot drink with me. So I'll have the bar of chocolate or the popcorn or crisps, whatever you're going to have. I'll eat that and then I'll drink my hot drink afterwards. And it just takes the flavor of that chocolate or the popcorn out your mouth. And obviously, like, there's out of sight, out of mind as well. If it's just sat on the table next to you, like half a bag left, the likelihood is that you're going to put your hand back in that bag. But if you bring uh, a lotted portion out and you're just like, that's what I'm going to factor in, that's what I want to have. 
and then you have that and then have a hot drink afterwards, it can definitely help. There used to be a thing that I used to tell people to do with mouthwash, but it's not as practical to just, you know, have mouthwash after you've had a bar of chocolate. It's not as enjoyable either. <laughs> I've got mouthwash in my bag. Have you? For that reason. Right. So if I'm yeah. out and about and I'm thinking, oh, because that's my mm. danger zone when I'm in the car mm-hmm. and I'm on my own and nobody's watching. Yeah. That, oh, I'm just going to nip to the petrol station. Oh, I'm going to fill up my car and I'm going to buy all these sweets and crisps and so things. So why, why your car? Is that because there's a level of like guilt or <sighs> shame? What is it? Because you said there you're on your own as well. It's my secret eating thing. So it's when I'm stressed. Yeah. Um, interestingly, my body smart coach, Kelly, has worked through <laughs> with this with me. Yeah. So uh, we've chatted about this a few times. Mm-hmm. I tend to go to the petrol station. I have a radio show um, on a Sunday afternoon and it's quite stressful because I swear a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm not allowed to swear on this radio show. So it's like, I'm you can a swear here. I know. I'm a fucking bugger. <laughs> oh, that was exciting. So it's like, I'm on air and I don't okay. swear and I watch all my P's and Q's and I have to mm. be mindful of this, this legal stuff I've got to be aware of. Mm. And I feel like I, I'm like a fizzy bottle that's been shook up. Mm. And then I come off air, I get in my car and I go. Yep. and go to the petrol station and buy all of my favourite foods. Yep. And then I was sitting in a lay-by, eating them all, putting all the wrappers in the bin and driving home. Mm-hmm. And Kelly was like, yeah, this isn't, this isn't very good. Yep. But I'm aware of it. Mm-hmm. I'm aware of it now. So I've now changed it that I go to the petrol station to fill up my car on a Friday night and I have a, sn- a snack that I've already decided I'm going to buy from the petrol station and enjoy with my family on Friday mm-hmm. night. And that has completely changed my life. Yeah. It's been amazing. Amazing. Just, it sounds really stupid. So identifying, okay, on a Sunday, I fill up for petrol after my show, Mm -hmm. I buy a load of food, I binge on it. But if I fill my car up two days before and get a snack that I enjoy with my family, I take, I take that away. And, and I, I do message her as well to say, I'm on my way home. I'm not going to stop at the petrol station. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it works. It's really good. And that's why it's so important with anything to first become problem aware and yeah. admit that there's a problem. You know, I think I think that's a lot of people don't like to do that because it's like putting your hand up. It's like looking in the mirror and going, oh, shit, like this is actually not serving me. But the second you admit that there's a problem, that then you can start to take ownership to actively look for, for solutions. Doesn't yeah. mean that the solution that you'll try straight away work but mm-hmm. you can start to look for for different solutions and you will find if you keep if you have that mindset of like i'm going to keep trying new things till i find something that works you will mm-hmm. and that's that's again that's one thing that's now not a problem if you're able to keep taking them steps with multiple different parts of your you know your health fitness and nutrition you talk about solutions there and identifying problems mm-hmm. and for anybody listening thinking oh you know i'm gonna start a diet diet starts monday and all yeah. that mentality there's that you've got to be able to ask yourself has what I've done in the past worked? And if it hasn't, why hasn't it? And I've got a friend who's recently split up. It's been their longest relationship. Oh, <laughs> they've broken up yeah. with Slimming World. Oh, no. After 17 yeah. years of being... 17 years. Wow. 17 years yeah. of being together with Slimming World, this mm. person has gone, this this obviously is not working <laughs> for me. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to listen to Julie moan about how many sins mm. she had last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think some people do go for the camaraderie and the community and the accountability. Mm-hmm. It does work for mm-hmm. some people. But what advice would you give to somebody who's thinking, diet starts Monday? Because apparently we go on two fad diets a year, all yeah. of us, and we give them up after six days. Which that's, is crazy. That's the Which is crazy, isn't it? reality of it, yeah. Yeah, you know, you can't, 
you can't keep doing the same thing and expect a different outcome. You just you just can't. And I think if you go into Slim and World for 17 years, that's abundantly clear. It's a bit of an issue. Isn't it? <laughs> it is. It's a good problem. That. It is a bit of a problem. But yeah, you know, maybe the community or whatever else. But still, it's it's not good. You need to be, you know, and it, and it, I think a lot of people have also got to take, and, and this is a problem as well with the misinformation, the amount of information, like information overload, is you do have to take a level of ownership for what you decide to do you know this is your body at the end of the day these are your choices no one forces you to put anything in your mouth you know what i mean like you have full control over that but you know when we go and choose a diet you know especially if you're going to stick to it <laughs> too fat diet and stick them for six days you know you've got to do your homework like has have other people done that diet and seen success Pro probably um how many of them like have you been able to do your homework have you been able to read their stories have you been able to are, are they anything like you i think that's a really important one mm -hmm. like can you relate to that person at all because that's that's important as well because you know people are extremely different and and, and also diets are super personal like what i like to eat and what you like to eat and what anyone else likes to eat out there is often very unique and personal to you and that's that's fine. That's cool. You can still live a fit and healthy lifestyle and eat a certain way that you enjoy. But then if we're just going to go and look at this latest craze or this latest fad, you know, you've got to do your homework and you've got to understand of like have other people that look like you or to a degree look like you being able to see success from it. And if not, it's probably not a great idea to do that versus I think a lot of people are just like see the flash of, oh, lose 20 pounds in two weeks and that desire of doing that. You know, people, you know, we were talking before, like people take ridiculous extremes to, to, to try and get fast results. I've got some stats here, actually. There was a study done in the independent newspaper and apparently... 16% of people would drink 12 glasses of lemon juice water a day to nice. lose weight yep. and not eat. Yep. 16%. Other methods people wanted to adopt were eating ice. Yeah, I heard that before. Or drinking cold ice before you go to bed. A cold, a cold icy water before you go to bed. Does that just not make you want to get up and have a piss in the middle of the night, though? Or be maybe, freezing? Maybe that's why you burn more calories, because you're getting up to go to the toilet more. <laughs> get those steps in, yeah, guys. Yeah. Get those steps in. What about this one, then? Drinking olive oil between meals. Oh, yeah, that makes complete sense. Why, why haven't I thought about doing that before? <laughs> oh, that sounds horrific. It does. Eating jars of baby food. Nice. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. I don't know what that tastes like. I can't remember. And, <laughs> and my, I do remember my kids. A lot of moms do. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It's not honestly. It's not yeah. nice. It's literally nothing. It's yeah. just horrible. You're basically eating a tiny meal, aren't you? That's just mushed up. It's just mushed up in yeah. a tiny little jar. You might as well just get your dinner, mush it up in a food processor, and put it in ten <laughs> tiny jars and eat them like yeah. over the course of a week. <laughs> I'd imagine it's quite calorie dense though, because probably babies do need. Yeah, possibly. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely going to help if you diet then, isn't it? Tastes gross then. Yeah. And then finally, and we found this fact and actually recorded a brilliant video about this. One in 20 people would happily ingest a tapeworm to yep. burn calories. Which is, I didn't know what a tapeworm was when you first <laughs> told me this. And then I Googled it. And um, if anyone's watching this, I'm sure we'll put a lovely image on the screen for you guys oh, but it's um i'm starting to feel sick just thinking yeah, about it's, it it's not it's they're very long <laughs> and they're just yeah they're not nice the fact that people would want to eat them to lose weight is 
honestly is really sad because it just shows how much people are struggling to lose yeah. weight and how much of a consistent struggle this has been for such a long period of time that you're like, I would eat something that comes out on my bum. <laughs> what did you <laughs> it, You found a picture of it. How long was it? It's like uh, 25 meters or, <gasps> or 25 foot. Yeah. And that, you know, very long, very, very disgusting. And it was someone's holding it in their hand over the toilet. <laughs> Let's just take a minute to know that they've shit that out and are holding it in mm, their hands. Mm -hmm. And someone. Wow. And someone, and one in 20 people would willingly eat that. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, moving on. Moving you talked there about the overwhelm and overload of information. Mm -hmm. What is the best diet when you put that into Google? Conjures up, are you ready for this? 704 million results. Mm -hmm. Is it any wonder people are confused? No. It isn't, is it? You know, there's there's a mass amount amount of information and it's like, where do you go? There's so many quote unquote experts. There's so many people preaching this way or that way. And it's, you know, when you go on Google or go anywhere else, I think that is a, a real struggle that people are getting. It's like, I'm following all these people or I'm reading all this stuff and I still don't know what to do. I've still not got any further along my journey. I think going back to that study from The Independent, it said at least 53% of people admitted they didn't know which diets were sustainable and a fifth, so 20%, didn't know where to get reliable and truthful information. Yeah, um, it is a problem. Come follow us. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> Would you like to give out our Instagram handle and our, our advice at, while we're here? At Body Smart Fitness. Thank you and, very uh, much. <laughs> <laughs> what gets on your nerves about diets? Um... Lots of things. I think a lot of people who you can see are just promoting a certain diet to line their own pockets. I think that really gets under my skin because, you know, you're, it's, you're, you're, you're really harming people's health. You're mm -hmm. taking the money off them. Mm. Yeah, you're harming their mental health, mm -hmm. their relationship with food. You know, some, some of these women that we've coached, they're really unhappy with how how they look and feel on a daily basis. It really gets to them. And then you, I just see these people market to them that clearly just have no integrity and are happily to set, sell these plans or whatever else, quite knowingly that people aren't going to get results mm. or stick to them just to line their own pockets. That more than anything probably gets under my skin because I'm just like, if, 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 you, if you're in the health and fitness industry and you're a coach, you know it's, you do it for the people, you do it for the impact, you do it for the results and the, and the way you can change someone's life. It's amazing. So and the ripple effect, you talk about this quite a lot, the ripple effect of not just changing yeah. their life, but their family's lives, their colleagues, mm -hmm. their friends. Mm -hmm. it, is, it does have an impact on other people around It has a huge impact, them. a huge impact. I've had husbands text me, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, I've, I've, you know, like never, I've not seen my wife this happy in, in ages. I think I read one of the messages the other day saying about, um, you know, he said he knew, always knew his wife was strong, but when he seen her come off the hospital and he was holding the kid in one hand, and it's just, it just you, we just get these overwhelmingly empowering messages, and that's that's why I do it, and that's why you see a lot of people in the fitness industry do it. But when you see these other people who are clearly just in it for the money, and I've got just got no guilt or shame, and probably just sleep like a baby every mm -hmm. night, and they're just taking money off people to sell them a quick fix that knowingly isn't going to get them results. That's probably the thing that gets under my skin the most. Well, going back to that article, apparently 31% of people would look to their favourite celebrity to see what diet they were doing. And 
that leads me nicely onto, and you alerted this, me to this a few weeks ago, Holly Hagen. And for our American listeners mm. or Australian, Holly Hagen, although in Australia it's big, is, is part of Geordie Shore. So Geordie Shore is the equivalent of Jersey Shore mm. in America. Um, Geordie Shore is quite popular in Australia. I know yeah. it is. And... Holly Hagen was one of the stars of of Geordie Shaw. She'd been in it since she was 18. Mm -hmm. She is somebody who had built a massive social media following and therefore was paid by different brands and companies to promote weight loss products that Mm -hmm. sometimes she didn't even use herself. She was just promoting them. And she's come out recently and gone, do you know what? I've got to hold my hands up. I was wrong. I was completely wrong. And what what I was promoting... Was was wrong and keeping people yep. stuck, and I know you watched that and were like, "Yes, well, somebody's was, telling the truth." It was a breath of fresh air because yeah. we knew we uh, you could see that people were doing this. Like every every influencer who got a somewhat of a following, who went on Love Island mm. or went on you know Jodie Shaw, whatever else, who built up some sort of following or had some sort of influence, was then getting paid three, five, seven, ten grand to do a, a shout out for boom bod or a different product or another weight loss supplement or whatever it was um and like you said you know most of them had never even tried it they most of them were 20 second transformations you know what i mean it was like don't put any makeup on uh puff my stomach out <laughs> have a you know have a pelvic tilt yeah. you know whatever else and then it was just like put some makeup on do me hair stand twist me hips suck my stomach and take another you know like oh 30 day transformation that's mm-hmm. just like you, you you can just for anyone who for, for for a lot of fitness professionals, we knew that was just a bullshit. Jo- yeah, it was. Yeah, bullshit. <laughs> I'm yeah. just going to no, say it com- like it is. <clears throat> complete and utter yeah. bullshit. So, you know, for her to come forward, I think she went and done precision nutrition level one, which is what all our coaching team have done, which is a great qualification. So that's a nutrition qualification. A nutrition qualification. And this is when you say she, it's Holly Hagen, the Holly girl Hagen. from yeah, Geordie yeah. Shaw. The mm-hmm. reason why she's come out and said this is because she's got into health and fitness yeah. and had an epiphany and gone, mm-hmm. oh my goodness. Yeah. All these things that I was peddling mm-hmm. were just so bad and so wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, you know, I think the the big problem with that is there's no accountability. You know, like how many people, when she promoted those products, did go and buy them mm-hmm. and they did go through another fad of mm-hmm. them to a year that they do and did have that negative self-talk of maybe it's just me. Maybe I can't stick to it. Maybe Holly can do it, but I can't. You know what I mean? You know, and just like how many of those products were sold off the back of those influencers for people to go through yet another cycle of of being on a diet and then coming off a diet, yet another cycle of doubting themselves and just, you know, and I'm, I'm using their hard-earned money that they've got mm-hmm. to put into, into this. So it is a problem. There is no regulation. I think they're starting to try and crack down on it a little bit, mm-hmm. but... It's it's a very hard thing to regulate, and um, it is a problem. It's a, it's a big problem. Celebrity fitness um, DVDs as well are a bit of an a bit of an issue, and this well, link. I don't know if anyone buys a DVD anymore, do they? Well, celebrity fitness, <laughs> but, but they were, you know, yeah, yeah. For no, a they, time, they were. They were. Yeah, they and were, the, yeah. the reason why I bring this up is because this person will remain nameless, but I have seen the contract of somebody who was contracted as a celebrity to do a celebrity fitness transformation and DVD, mm-hmm. and the 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 contract is watertight. Yeah. And the meal, what they have to eat was in the contract, mm-hmm. which was about eight, 900 calories a day's worth of food yep. that they're supposed to stick to for this 
you know, five, six month period. Then they go and film the DVD. Then they do all the promotional trail and they have to keep the weight off for a minimum period. And it's all in this contract. Otherwise, you don't get paid. And I think it was, was it Scarlett Moffat who, for our American listeners, she is a UK reality star. She was on Gogglebox. I think she won, didn't she? I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. And she was somebody who did those fitness DVDs, but then came out afterwards and said... I, I couldn't. I couldn't keep up. I couldn't mm. do it. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. do it. So she kind of like f- didn't get paid for mm. it because she was like, I just, I couldn't sustain it. I couldn't do it. Yeah, and that's because she was essentially on a diet where she just wasn't eating mm. enough. Yeah, for the output. And it's a problem, and I think it's why people have really got to vet their social media following and and follow people that make them feel good and they're giving them good, honest advice and have got their best intentions because marketing's never going away. You know, it's the marketing's always going to be everywhere for everyone, but we we can take some ownership of it, and we can take some ownership. We can definitely take ownership of who we follow and who we take advice to and who we listen to. And yeah, you know, some a lot of those celebrities, even though we might find them funny or like the way they look or watch them on TV, you know, sometimes what they're maybe promoting online hasn't got your best interests at heart. It's maybe got theirs, mm. or maybe they just haven't done their own homework and due diligence. They've just gone, oh, my manager mm-hmm. said I can have 5K if I put, put this product up and you've just gone, oh, okay, and you've just and you've just done you've it. just done it, You yeah. know, so there's a little bit of that, but, you know, I think you have to, when you've got a, a mass following or a really big following, you do have to take a level of responsibility for that, but a lot of people don't. <laughs> so then you have to take a responsibility yourself mm-hmm. for, for what you're, you know, what, who you're following and the information that you're taking in. Well, talking of information, I know that there's one piece of information that you give out that tends to make people go, really? And you say, all diets work. Yes. Why is that? What? <laughs> well, if all diets yeah. work, why are we not all at our goal weight? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so um, when we look at like every diet that's out there, Weight Watchers, Slim and World, Keto, Atkins, any of these diets that people go on, basically a, a, a diet, like a quote unquote diet, is is a strategy which in order to lose weight, they all have to adhere to the principle of weight loss, which is calories in versus calories out. You have to adhere to an energy deficit or a calorie deficit, which is, you know, consuming fewer calories per day than you burn. Um, So anytime you've been on any diet and you've successfully lost weight, it's because you adhered to the principle that was a calorie deficit, an energy deficit. So what we have to look, so, you know, a lot of people might be able to go on a ketogenic diet. A lot of people have gone on a ketogenic mm-hmm. diet and I've seen fantastic results and have been able to sustain them. And that's great. I'm, I'm all for that. Like I haven't, I haven't got a fixed approach when it comes to putting anyone on a diet. My goal as a coach is always to put you on a diet that's going to allow you to not only get the results you want, but learn how to sustain them. So, you know, we have to ask, a lot of questions like let's say someone goes oh I really want to do fasting and that's like okay do you like breakfast you know and they're like mm, I don't really mind it through the week I could I could I could go without it okay do you like it over weekends I do like it over weekend I have it with my kids we make pancakes okay so you know for me instead of going well we're gonna just do fasting seven days a week hey maybe we do it Monday to Friday and you got to be a little bit more mindful of your calories over the weekend because you want to have breakfast with your kids so we'll have more of a uh, an approach of like, hey, that's a strategy that you can you can use to help you adhere to a deficit, but we're going to make it flex to work for your lifestyle. We're making the plan work around them instead of the, the, it, it being the other way around, which is often the problem when you 
go on a lot of these other diets, you have to fit into the plan. <laughs> <laughs> like taking Tupperware, five lots of chicken and broccoli yeah. around with you. It just doesn't work for everybody, does it, it? It doesn't. So, you know, all diets do work, but you have to be, when you when I say that, you have to look at the diet and be like, but can this diet work for me? Do I enjoy that way of eating? Like if I want to do a ketogenic diet, do you love a high fat, high protein diet next to no carbs? If the answer is no, then you probably shouldn't do it. If the answer is yes, go for it. I, I'm not mm-hmm. gonna I'm not gonna turn around and say don't do it unless it's gonna have maybe some you know negative health benefits uh, for you, which you know we won't get into that too much. But you know, I think that's what you have to look at. Like all diets do work, but it's like is that diet gonna work for you? And that's why I just always take it back to like do your homework, do your due diligence on the diet that you're about to take, uh, you know, to to go at, and, and make sure that you do feel like hey, like I can adhere to that I can sustain to that and I feel like oh I am going to be able to not only lose weight on that diet but I will then also be able to come off the back of that and have sustainable strategies that allow me to maintain my results so you know talking of body smart somebody Mm -hmm. might say to you oh is it so it's it's calorie counting then it's just calorie counting what you're trying to say is essentially really every diet that is obviously the foundation of it whether you realize consciously you're counting calories or not so whether you're doing points or whether you're doing sins or it's a green day or I don't know what the terminology yeah. is anymore. There's a really good quote for this and it's yeah. like, you don't have to count calories, but calories still count. Oh, And oh. that's how that's it is. So, you know, you can manage your portions and lose weight. You mm. can go on a Weight Watchers diet and count your points. You can go to Slim and World and call food sins, mm. <laughs> which God knows why you'd want to do that. Um, but you can do all them things and not count calories but calories still count. Mm -hmm. And if you're not losing weight, it's because you're not adhering to the principle of weight loss, which is a calorie deficit or an energy deficit. Um, So, you know, yes, we do have our clients track the calories, but that's to educate them about food and to empower them to make decisions that are going to serve them. So like, if you just go off, like this is a good one. And anyone who's listening can go and do this with friends or family. Go and ask the next 10 people that you meet, what does the what does healthy eating mean? Ooh. And you will get 10 completely yeah. different answers. And that is where lies the problem. So, you know, people will go, oh, I'm just eating really healthy, but I'm not losing weight. But you don't know how many calories you're eating. You know what I mean? And that's and so the reason we have clients track the, track the calories in the beginning at least um, is so that they can start to become more educated around food, around the foods that they're eating, the calories in the foods that they're eating, the mm-hmm. macronutrients in the foods that they're eating, which are the protein, carbs, and fat. Will also help educate them about like the sugars in foods, the fiber in foods, the micronutrients in foods, and you know that's that's a skill to learn, and that's you know a lot of people can feel maybe quite overwhelmed about that in the beginning, but the goal is to do that for a long enough period of time that you then don't have to do it, and a lot of people are like oh no I could I'd never get to that place, but I just take it back to there's a lot of things in people's jobs nowadays that when they first started were super overwhelming and they were just used to look at the superior in that job and be like, how do they do that without even blinking an eye? And it's just, it's just reps and sets. They've put in the time and the effort to learn about that job. And now it's effortless for them. Like for me, when I first started tracking food, I had a pen and paper, I had a scales. There wasn't a MyFitnessPal or not one that I used. And I used to look at the back of the packet and it'd say pay 100 grams and I'd weigh out 60 and I'd have to do the calculations myself. <laughs> you know that, but it, I didn't, but I don't, I haven't, I haven't tracked food in 
five, six years now. I don't, I don't have to, I did that. And I used my fitness pal for two or three years and it gave me such a great baseline understanding of food that now I can manage my portions and like eat a lot more intuitively because I understand food. Um, the problem is, is a lot of people go, oh, eating, like tracking calories is, is obsessive and like, I don't want to do that or that could give me an eating disorder. And, you know, you can, you can blow things out of context in any way. And, and I think, you know, tracking calories and managing your portions back to one of my favorite quotes, what gets measured gets managed, mm -hmm. you know, by having that data, it allows you to look at it and be like, am I eating foods that have got too many calories in them? Do I need to change my portions? Do I need to eat a little, little bit less of that and a little bit more of this? You know, you can start to analytically look at the food that you're eating and, and start to take steps to, um, have it in a way that serves you moving forward, whether that's towards your weight loss goals, your health goals, whatever it might be. So to summarise this, and you mentioned my fitness pal there. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to somebody? Because I've said I've said this a few times. Oh, diet starts Monday. Somebody's yeah. saying to themselves, "My diet starts Monday. I want to lose weight. Where do they start? What is the best place for them to start? What advice would you give? The best place, uh, the best place to start is to go and and find go and follow us <laughs> you know what I mean if you, you're if, allowed to say yeah, that yeah. this is your yeah, podcast yeah. you know yeah. if uh, you know if you listen to this you've probably followed our content and seen the array of of different stuff that we put out there again no like we'll never say there's a there's a one size fits all we might push like back against keto and you know not eating carbs and that type of stuff because you why? know why is that though because again, a lot of people are looking at a ketogenic diet as the quick fix to lose weight. I'll go on keto and lose lots of weight. And there's an end date. And it? there's an end date, right. you know, and then they go, oh, right, well, I want to actually eat carbohydrates and pizza and bread and bagels and all the Potato, just potatoes, I, you know. I love a good potato. I do. <laughs> Chips, so, jacket potato. Ooh, and nice. again, all, all that does is, is you go into a restrictive way of eating. You do it for a lot of the amount of time. And then you go, I don't want to keep doing this. So you revert back to old eating habits because you've never learned to factor in carbohydrates. And then the weight slowly starts coming back in because you don't know how to manage those portions. So it's it's a, and then that just puts you in another cycle of, of a yo-yo, which can is really bad for your hormones, really bad for your fat cells. There's a lot of things that become very negative off the back of that. So again, when you're looking at like, diet starts Monday or what should I try or what should I start? I would really be saying like, do your homework, look at somebody else that maybe is similar to you. They don't have to be exactly like you, but try and find somewhere where there's women or guys who look like you. have got a similar story to you, maybe a similar job, like similar similar amount of like kids or whatever it is, like, you know, similar hours in, whatever it is, it doesn't really matter, but just like a similar life to yourself where you can relate to their story. And then if there's a lot of people who have done that diet strategy that have got a similar story to you, that's a good place to start. Still do your homework, still be like, could I sustain that? Could I do that? It might seem difficult or hard, but that's a that's a really good place uh, to walk and start. Perfect. Yeah. And that rounds us up nicely. So diet starts Monday. If it does, do your homework, download MyFitnessPal and follow Body Smart Fitness. Pretty much. Ace. <laughs>